can pray for me. I think I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. Lamentations 3, 21. If you go to the Old Testament, to the book of Lamentations chapter 3. looking for lamentation as much as you are. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah, our weeping prophet, right? In Lamentations chapter 3. And do, do me a favor. When you find Lamentations, keep your finger there and go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. <clears throat> And let's look at verse 27. So Acts 17, 27. Then go, then keep a finger. And we're going to read both portions of Scripture tonight. And let's look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. And it says, This I recall to my mind, before have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we have not consumed, because His compa compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Now I go to Acts chapter 27 and verse 17. I mean, actually, Acts 17, verse 27. I am so sorry. It says, there, And they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also as offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by arts and man's device. And the times of, his, of this ignorance God winked at this, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. And this goes against Calvinism right there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for these two passages of Scripture. It's by your mercy that we're not consumed. We serve a wonderful, merciful God, but we serve a living God, not a God made of stones and, right. and anything else. We praise your name tonight. We're here because we believe that you live. We're here because we believe you are God Almighty. We're here because what we believe, we believe to be true. Lord, I pray be with each person here tonight and those who are online as well, especially uh, God's people, but also those who are unsaved, that they will see, Lord, the truth of the gospel and they will repent of this sin and call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we are in a series on the mind. Uh, it's about 13, I think, I believe it's 13 or 14 lessons. And tonight we look at the friend Minds. Uh, you might want to see what mind is yours, but there's a mind right here tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about a changed mind, a changed mind. So society is full of many thinkers. There's a lot of thinkers out there. Uh, if you look at society, if you look at buildings and bridges and highways, if you look at structures and houses and boats and you can name it, you can go on and on and on, you can see that we have a lot of great minds out there. We have minds that... that that you're like, wow. I mean, you look, you go to the, let's say, you go to, to a lumber yard, or you go to, let's say, one of those big box stores from clothes to windows to decorations, even to tools. You can see that, wow, that is a, men have a big mind, so we have big thinkers. You know, I work with a person uh, when I used to work at Artvac Corporation, it was a guy by the name of Victor there. Uh, good man, good worker, very hard worker, but he was a, a thinker. Every time there was a, something to do, he always think about a tool that would make everybody's life easy. Uh, that's the way he, his mind was always programmed. And he would come out with something that would work. And if it didn't work, try, he tried to perfect that tool. Uh, so he was a thinker. I mean, all of us are thinkers. We think different ways. So God gave us that brain of us to think. And, but some people exceed on that. They're very good thinkers. So many, uh, uh, many spend their days with much thinking. Those type of people fill their minds with all types of stories. Sometimes, you know, many things, fairy tales, and, and many, uh, and many uh, believe those things. So on the other hand, there are great intellectual things like I'm talking about here in our world. There are people we, we call smart people, wise, I mean not wise, but smart people, intelligent. 
Many of them become successful in their careers because of their brains. They really have a sharp mind. Some people are good in mathematics. They're very good. You tell them this, this, is, and I'm going to give you the, the, the answer. You go, how did you do so fast? How'd you got there? And you're still thinking about uh, 5 plus 52 as well. And the person already have the result. Some people are good at that. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> I mean, I can get the result, but please give me a minute or two to get there. But some people are, boom, that sharp, like that. So they're good thinkers. So we have our own inclinations here. So many of them become very successful in their careers. Okay, so let's go down here. Now, nothing different here. The same was going on in Paul's time, okay? So we have a lot of thinkers in our society, in our world, but it was the same in Paul's time. Paul standing Mars Hill, uh, as we look here in the book of Acts, and faces some of the greatest thinkers of, the, of his day. Paul now began to challenge the minds of those uh, of those gathered on, and they are Mars Hill, one thing that I have experienced is that it is always great when you talk with people you actually are of open mind. Some people have closed minds. It doesn't matter what you say, they don't listen. But some people have an open mind, and when you talk, they interact with you. They talk with you. They communicate with you. And you know what? When you find a person with an open mind and give them the gospel, you end for good conversation. They're thinking what you're saying. They interact with you. When you face a person with a closed mind, they, they don't want to shut you off. They don't want to hear what you have to say. That's why they say, oh, I'm okay, thank you. I don't need this because their mind is, no matter how much you try, you're not going there. They might open their mind eventually, but that moment, that mind is totally closed. So, but today we look in, tonight we're looking at an open mind, um, a changed mind, I'm sorry. So one thing I have experienced is that uh, it is always great when you talk with a person with an open mind. They listen, they engage in the conversation with you, especially when it's about things of the Lord. I like having a door half open. You know, half, uh, half is, uh, if, uh, if the door is uh, half open, you can try to open the other half. If the door is totally locked, you have a problem. So some people's minds are so closed that they don't, it don't matter how much you try to open the door, their hearts are just closed, they're dead. The horse, uh, that door is locked and you can't get there. Some others, they have the door half open, which is a great opportunity for us to talk to them about the Lord. So, the people at Mars Hill that day were of open mind to the pluralistic thinking of the day. And Paul uses the opportunity, the opportunity here to admonish them to change their mind about their beliefs. Look at verse 29. <clears throat> For as much then as we are of the offspring of God, we ought to, we are not to think that the Godhead is like unto God, unto gold and silver or stone, driven by the art and man's device. So when you have a person with a open mind or half open mind, and you begin to tell them that, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna get all your attention and they're gonna to listen to you. That's what they're gonna do. You know what? Because now, they, uh, the doors are half open. They, they one interacted you, and they go, what did you say? So they want to give you an argument about it. I'll give you an example. We were outside. We were one day, I forgot when it was that. We were doing a, um, putting information on people's doors. And I walked by the dri this driver, and this guy in a, doing something in his trunk. And I give him a, one of those pen flips that we have to put on people's door. And he says, he looked at, he looked at me and said, I don't want this. I'm an atheist. I looked at him and I said, you remember that, right? And I, I, I look at him and I said, atheism is a religion. He had an open mind. Because right away he goes, what did you say? So I interact with him. I said, yeah, atheism is a religion. Don't you know that? I said, what did you? I said, he goes, well, no, no, atheism, we don't believe in gods at all. I said, you believe on something, don't you? He looked at me like, oh, you, you make a point. So he was an... It was a mind there. I didn't have a lot. I should have stayed there and kept going. But he told me, like, I'm busy. <laughs> he was getting groceries out of the car. But what we see right here, when you have a, a person have a, a half-open mind or an open mind, it is a way to get in. And that's how we change the mind. So Paul engaged with these people right here because they were open-minded. Okay, so the, what's going on here, especially when it's about things of the Lord, like I said. So, uh I don't know where I move here, but I move my thing. So, there you go. So, you see, those people were open-minded, but their mind was open to anything. And that's a dangerous place to be. All right? Okay. Okay, hear me, hear me well. Some people are open-minded, 
but they open their, their mind is open to any piece of garbage that is out there. And they listen to anything, and anything goes. That's dangerous. So if they open their mind and you can put the word of God in their minds and let them think, it is a good way. But this, this guy's right here, Mars Hill, they're open to anything. So is the people of our day. So, uh, and folks, that is a dangerous place to be. It isn't uh, isn't that, that the thinking of, of our day today? Of course it is. It don't matter what you believe in. That's what they say. It don't matter what, what, the, what God you worship. It don't matter what, what church you belong to. It don't matter what denomination you belong to. This is people that say, I'm open mind. I'm an open-minded person. Look, it don't matter where you go. They're that wrong. You know why? Because they listen to everything that's going on. Everything. So, they're thinking about God was wrong and needed to be changed. That wrong thinking is a result of a sinful nature. Not only we are born sinners, but we are born with a sinful nature. Those people needed to change their thinking. They, they, uh, uh, and Paul was ready to tell them about the God that they did not know. You know? Okay. Open mind to the pluralistic society that we live in. A good opportunity to put God in there. Close-minded person, no matter what you say, they're not going to listen to you. And some people are close-minded to anything and everything. So... I'll give you an example. I work with a lot of people. A lot of stuff. It seems like every day I meet somebody new. Some people is like this. And they get themselves in trouble at work all the time. Is this. They are told to do something, but their mind is so close. But I always did it this way. I always did it this way. They don't matter how much you try to say they make an argument because that's how they did it this way. Open your mind and listen. We can do it a different way. If we come with the same result, we're good. But I always did it this way. Maybe you were doing it wrong, <laughs> which a lot of times it happened. But anyway, let's look at this, this uh, the, tonight from the subject of a changed mind from several points. Number one, Paul presents them a living God. And that's what we need to do. So look what it says in verse 29. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold and silver or stone driven by the the, by art and men's device. He got the attention immediately. He said, what? Were they worshipping over there Mars Hill? Statues? Bunch of them, a lot of them. And he said, you know what? The God has not like these things that you're worshipping here. They look at him like, what are you talking about? He got the attention immediately. And sometimes, folks, we don't have to make an argument. We just have to go just right to the point and get them right there. Make them think. Make them think. And when we make them think, we get a dialogue back and forth. You know, it is good, you know, when we present the gospel to someone to get interact with them. And what happens there? We begin to see what they're thinking. We begin to put what, what the gospel is supposed to go right in and make them think about what we're saying. So, Paul presents them a living God. So, Paul traveled to Athens, Greece. And once there, his heart was broken. The whole city was given to idolatry, if you read the passage. Uh, and all the people in the city were worshiping false gods. Paul, but Paul did not shrink his shoulders and walk away. Paul used the opportunity to point them to the living God. He saw the state of the city. Paul saw that. He saw the spiritual condition of the people. He saw that as well. And all of the, that drove Paul to stand up on Mars Hill and speak about the living God and what he could could do in the lives of those people. You know, and that's what we need to do. Actually, look at verse 22 and verse 23. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. He went right to the point. You see? He got his atten the attention. For I passed by and beheld your devotions. I said, I saw what you're doing. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. Paul had a point. He said, you worship the unknown God. Let me tell you about this God. And you know why? He got the attention. The sad thing about these people's reaction is the same that we see in our day today. They thought that they were okay with their gods. And in reality... They didn't, they didn't need uh, uh, other gods. That's what they throw in their minds or collect other gods. So, folks, how many times we speak about Jesus and answer is, I'm all set. I'm okay. I don't have time for this. 
When people speak that way, that's people who have a what? Closed minds. They're not going to listen to you. But don't give up on them because their mind might be open tomorrow. Sometimes calamity happens, sometimes pain, suffering, sometimes a, something very hard happens to them, and guess what? They open their minds to the Lord. We, ne we should never give up on a lost soul, never. Don't give up on a lost soul. We pray for them, we pray for them, we pray for them continually because there might be a day they open their mind and open their heart to God. As long as they live, we should go after them and pray for them. So the question is, why lost people seem to answer spiritual questions almost the same way in every age? A man in his natural state or lost condition doesn't have much discernment about the sinful condition and the need for a savior. It is, it is spiritual that he is blind to the truth. Let me give you gonna, gonna give an example. When Pastor Strickland, which was my pastor at the time, Sam Strickland, at the time, he, he sat in my living room and he said, are you lost? I look at him, I said, I had to contain myself not to laugh. I said, I'm in my home. I'm not lost. What are you talking about? You see me? I was thinking of natural things. He was talking spiritually. I had no clue what he was talking about. Yeah, because I was spiritually dead. I had no I understand what he was saying. And he patiently smiled, and he began to explain to me why he said lost. I said, oh. Then I began to say, oh, I'll go to church. I'm okay. But I had no clue what he was saying. So now, a man in his natural sinful state does not, does, uh, state doesn't, uh, does sinful things. He thinks sinful because his mind is sinful. His mind is totally contaminated by, by his sin. Get this, we often focus on the lifestyle that needs to change as salvation, but conversion also involves a changed mind. Interesting, the word repentance uh, simply means a change of mind, isn't it? It is, uh, it is a natural thing, that, uh, uh, thing uh, to think that we are okay until we meet someone, uh, someone doing better, right? In our own in life, you know, we think, I'm okay. You know, life is good until we see someone doing better. And then I'll say, I don't think I'm doing that great. What about the spiritual condition? The prophet Isaiah. Okay, let me go back a little bit here. So never in this more, more evidence that, that when we come face to face with God. The prophet Isaiah experienced this. He thought that he was doing okay as a prophet for the Lord. He was a prophet of the Lord. But let's look about his response when he met God. Okay. Now go to Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. So Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord. He was a one that would give the message of God to the people. But he met God. And when he met God, okay... Look Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. Look, look at what happened here when Isaiah met God. Keep your finger in the book of Acts. It says, in the year of the king Uzziah, Uzziah Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, which each one had six wings, and twin he covered his face, and twin he covered his feet, and twin uh, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved, and the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, all right, he saw the seraphims, he saw the cry, he saw the them saying, Holy, holy, holy. He saw the Lord high lifted up, sitting on his throne. Look what the reaction of Isaiah. And I said, Woe is me. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So Isaiah saw the Lord, and immediately the first thing he saw was the sinful condition before God. And that's us. Okay. You met the Lord of salvation. Right? You ever met the Lord... I'm not saying you have the vision, but mentally you sense the Lord right in front of you and you understand your condition before Him. You ever been in a situation on which you just, and, and you felt your sinful condition before God? That's why Isaiah saw it and he understood how sinful he really was. He saw a sinful condition before a holy God. Now folks, this is a prophet. This is a man of God. What about us? If he saw 
lowest condition before God as a prophet of God. What about us? You see that? You see, Isaiah saw this condition. He saw how sinful we are. I, sometimes I think we, individually, we don't understand how sinful we really are. I would say we're sinful to the core. Because it's our very nature. It's natural for us to sin continually against God. And praise the Lord for Jesus and His salvation. So that A, we see the, the rules of a lifeless gods. Look, it says in verse 29 of our text, Acts 17, 29, for as much then uh, we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone and driven by the art and men's uh, devices. So for, for sure the altars of Mars Hill were the offspring of God. We ought not to, I'm sorry, for sure the Mars Hill were, were beautiful carved, adorned, and you see some statues are kind of beautiful, but they all had one thing in common. They were in an altar full of lifeless statues of dead gods did not exist. I mean, I mean, listen, there's some sculptures out there. You go look, you're like, wow, that's beautiful art. That's one. That's great to see. But don't worship those things. They're dead gods. Oh, but it looks like Jesus still. Don't bow down before those things. We, because why? We worship in what? In spirit and in truth. So Paul see all that, and he can't help himself but speak about the Lord. He says, you've been, you've been thinking all wrong about these, these gods. You even have built an altar unto the unknown God. Well, let me speak to you about him. Let me introduce you to him who is alive. Unfortunately, nothing has changed for so many people since then. There are still many people in our world who pay, uh, pay great devotion and worship on a regular basis to the gods of stone and straw and clay made by the hands of men. Those are the gods who don't hear, don't speak, don't feel. They don't do that. They, they just don't hear. They're just made by the hands of men. And you say, Pastor, we don't do that these days. Go with me like this. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. By the thousands, people are doing that, even as we speak right now. They're doing by the thousands. And they genuine. They think that that's their God. They bring the incense and their things and they're burning things. They're bringing all this stuff and they're trying to appease their gods. But as you know what? It's all vain works. It's all vain works. And Paul tried to tell these people here. Actually, Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 10 says, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, an everlasting king. At, at his wrath the earth shall tremble and the nation shall not be able to abide his indignation. So the gods of this world offer no hope. For they have no life. Man is looking for peace, joy, fulfillment, and contentment. But it will never be found in stone statues and gold figures. Yet there are many people who, will, who with all honesty, speak to those statues on a daily basis. Folks, there are people who bow down, get on their knees, and pray to those statues. They do. And you see that, and it's a sad thing. Great opportunity to talk to them about the living God is the thing. For in order for them to have a changed mind, they have to have an open mind. If you have a person with an open mind and you begin to talk about the living God, guess what? You can change their mind, or God can change their mind. Because it's not going to happen the other way. Okay, that would be, we see the reality of a living God. Uh, we see this in verse 18. Of Acts chapter 17. It says, folks, we are living in a strange age. It's an age of grace. It's a church age. But we live in an age, you can, see, you can see the unrighteousness. You can see the shameless society on which we live in. An age of unchurched people. An age of large number of people that continues to grow. You do not go to a church. Their parents didn't go to church. They don't go to church. Their children don't go to church. They don't see nothing important about a church. And when they come to church, many of them have no respect for God's house. On the existence of God, they don't even think much about it. But look what it says in verse 18. In the middle of the verse it says, And some said, What will this babbler say? And some and, and other, other some, uh, it seemed to be a set of, fort, uh, of a strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. But look what it says. And will, uh, what will this babbler say? You know, they're mocking him. Making fun of him. 
How many people in our day don't really believe in God, don't care about God, they don't really think about God. Life is about them and what they can do and accomplish. So to them, God is insignificant, next to nothing. To them, God is powerless. Actually, God is not even in their thinking at all. Well, the same went in Paul's day. These people had many gods, many idols, but didn't, didn't have a living God. Can these people change their minds about God? Yes. You change yours. <laughs> right? I mean, what happened to you and me? Miracle took place. You know, because we changed our mind about God. So, you can go from a closed mind to an open mind to a changed mind. You follow that? You can talk to a person today and that person is totally locked up and say, leave me alone. But you go to the next day and that person have an open mind and you even say in your mind, what happened to you? What happened overnight? Right? You know, I, you know sometimes you need a good night's sleep. <laughs> then, then you talk to the person and that mind gets changed and they got saved. That's what happened to you and to me. I'll give you an example. All right. I was a good Catholic boy. They didn't go to church at all. And I had a guy that worked with me. He was very convicted to a very, he was going to convince me about, you know, saving me. I didn't understand what he was trying to do. I tried, I thought that he's trying to put me in his religion. I mean, you know, I didn't know. I was lost as a goose. I didn't know. So he would come to me at this Bible trying to tell me things. I, oh, I gave him a hard time. I did. I'm not proud of it. But today I look back and look, oh, if I, if I see him today, I would, I, 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 would, I would hug him and say, well, you, have, well, you forgive me. Because I've never seen him since then. But, I mean, one time I made a poor guy cry. I mean, literally, he was crying. I was good at that, you know. <laughs> and one time, actually, he punched, the, punched the, uh, the scar in the clock and went home. He was so upset with me. But you know one thing he did? He was very consistent. He didn't give up on me. Oh, my mind was closed. But one day, my mind opened a little bit. And I asked him, hey, you show me in the Bible where Mary had other kids. I could see his smile went from side to side. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, yeah, I can show you. Flip, 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 flip. Read it. But this is not right. He goes, that's the word of God. Did you believe the Bible? I said, no, I believe the Bible. You still read it. and read it. Like, this can't be right. I never learned this. You know, it was open. I began to ask him questions. And he began to answer me. He didn't lend me to the Lord, but I tell you why, he planted a seed right there. I didn't understand it until years later. But let me tell you, it happened something there. You see, I went from a closed mind to an open mind, and years later to a changed mind. You follow that? And that's what happened. I happened to you and me. Everybody have a testimony here. You know, I mean, you might have been saved in a Christian home. You know, by your mom and dad led you to the Lord. I didn't. Uh, some of you have been saved as an adult like I was. But you know what? It was a time that we changed our mind about God. So, you got it? So, the reality of a living God. God is real. Can people change their minds about God? Yes. Paul changed his mind about God, didn't he? All right. Who was Paul? A persecutor of the church. Many people died because of him. And we probably countless people died, and we don't know he's not in the Bible. But he, he even felt bad about what he did. He said he was the worst of sinners. But let me tell you, can people change their mind? Yes. Can a person that actually is in the pits of sin change their mind and be converted and change the whole? I'll give you an example. One time, somebody walked into church. Let me give you a description. Because I was guilty as the day goes along. I was a good Christian, you know, young man. I was serving the Lord. And, I, you know, and uh, Joe, uh, Lord, I have to forgive me on that one. He walks into church. This is where he walked into church. A pair of jeans, boots, a big chain holding his wallet. You know, when you steal the wallet, you know. Long hair, you know. He was walking like a Western cowboy. I don't know. He walked in. And it is my, my mind, okay, my mind, I, when I kind of look and said, That was my word. I didn't express that, but it was in my thinking. You know what? That person, God saved that message. That morning service, he went up and he allowed somebody led him to the Lord. Like, wow. The following Sunday, he come to church with a haircut and a suit and a tie. I'm like, 
house, you go, we're going to cut your hair, or you're going to shave, you got to put some suit on, some good socks and some good cologne, and go to church because no. What happened? Closed minds and changed my, uh, uh, open minds. He listened to the word of God. He accepted, and the word of God changed his mind. Amen. And he accepted Jesus as Savior. That's what happens. So, can people change their minds about God? Yes. Let me put it this way. Paul changed his mind about God. Thomas changed his mind about God when Jesus said, come and touch my side. Nicodemus changed his mind about God. Through the ages, many people change his mind about God. And you change your mind about God. So number one, you see, Paul presents them a living God. Number two, Paul presents them a long-suffering God. Look at verse 30. And then the times of his ignorance, Paul, up in Paul. God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. You see, salvation is not for a few folks. It's for everyone. Look what it says there. But now commanded all, and all in English is all. There's nothing, there's nothing you can change about it. It's all men. And men is in the plural, not in the singular. It's plural right there. Every man to repent. So Paul stands on Mars Hill and speaks to those thinkers of that time, of God, and he was, he was uh, uh, much different of the ones that they knew. And you know what? He presents them a long-suffering God. A God that was long-suffering towards us. It has been said that long-suffering means suffering long. That is a, a good answer, but, uh, but a, a better definition is needed. The word long-suffering in the Bible is made of two Greek words, meaning long and temper, literally long-tempered. To be long-suffering, then, is to have self-restraint when one is stirred to anger. So a long-suffering person does, immediately, does not immediately retaliate or punish. Rather, he has a long fuse a, and patiently forbears. That's our God. You know, the things that we do, God will go like... If God there was not long suffering, he will go, and there'll be nobody left. Because, you know, he sees it up. He's long suffering. And we praise his name for it. So, letter A, we see a God of compassion. In verse 30, it says, In the times of this ignorance, God winked at. God could, could have made all of those altars and Mars Hill fall over. Remember the God of Dagon and a little and, and uh, had a little trouble staying on his feet, uh, <laughs> on his feet uh, back in the Old Testament. Remember in first, in first Samuel chapter five, but our God is patient, long-suffering God, not only with us but but also with the lost as well. Why God is patient with everyone? Because God's will is for everyone to be what saved. I don't know how people say, well, some people are born to go to heaven, and some people are born, they will have no hope they're going to hell. That's not the God of the Bible. Right. I don't know where they get this doctrine from, because it's not in the Bible. God says, whosoever will, that's whosoever will. You know, uh, brother, uh, I forgot his name, he's in heaven with the Lord. He used to say, you know, those who are the, 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 he goes, the, the Calvinist, not the Calvinist, the, the, um, Oh, I forgot how I used to say. But he said, uh, God looks for the whosoever's. <laughs> whosoever. That's he's, he's popular with that. God looks for whosoever's. Because that's everybody. Whosoever will. Salvation is available to all of us. So, the God of compassion. He, look what it says in Lamentation 3.21. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's, look what it says, mercies. He will not consume because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Let me put it this way. You go to bed and you're frustrated. You, everything looks bad in your eyes. You complain. You know, nothing looks good. And you say, I'm going to sleep. I'm done with this. And you get up in the morning. The birds are singing. You feel good. What happened? His mercies are new every morning. God wants you to go lay down and go to sleep. It does good, you know. Praise the Lord for sleeping, right? I'm not much of a sleeper, but. <laughs> so you see, uh, these verses in Lamentations, our God is a long-suffering God. And He suffers. He sees what we see. He let us, he has, he's so patient with us. Let it be a God of change. 
Aren't you glad that God is a God of second chances? It's been said that the average person hears the gospel, listen to this, 40 times before they get saved. I didn't do the stories, folks. This is, what a patient God. Bombing? It was almost five months. I was going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was there. It took me almost five months. And finally, I gave my life to the Lord. So, look what it says in Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. God is unlike us. We're not very quick to give someone a second chance. Much less third chance, or fourth, or, 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 50, or, uh, or fifth chances, or ten chances. We like, like, like one strike, you're out. If you and I were gods, listen to this. If you and I were gods, heaven, more than likely, you ready? Will be empty. I think about if you were God. If I was God, heaven would be empty. <laughs> you know, it was what it was as in Micah chapter seven verses. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. First Peter three nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. You love that word, to us word. Now willing that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. Right. All right. A man lived 90 years, 95 years. Oh, he never got saved. Don't say that. Oh, but the way I told him a million times, keep telling. As long as he lives, there is hope. Right? As long as the person lives, there is hope. I'll give you an example. My uncle, it was in coma. All right, you have med medical inclinations here. Nobody, okay. <laughs> All right, so, have you ever heard this? People in coma can heal? All right. He was in coma. I got there. Guess who was there? Nobody. Guess what I did? I grabbed his hand. I gave him the gospel. I said, uncle, I don't know if, I think you listen. I hope you listen. I was told that you're listening to, so I'm talking to you. Right there, where you are. And I give him the gospel. That he got saved? I don't know. But I did it. Because as long as there's a little life, there is hope. That's what I did. So, let it be. I mean, I did got to be a lot of, God of, change, of change, uh, change. That's good point number three. Paul presents a lawful God. Look what it says in verse 30. And the times of this ignorance, God winked, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Get this. In order for any of us to understand God, it must be a change of minds. And that is a problem for many people. The thinkers of Mars Hill Paul, uh, called Paul uh, a babbler. Why? Because just because he tried to tell them about the living God. What are people calling you today when you present Jesus to them? Are they calling you a babbler? Do they call you a closed mind, old-fashioned, out-of-date, unkind and mean person? That's all the names I've been called. <laughs> That's why I put it here. Okay? <laughs> Folks, they got, they got to be a moment in time on which you can change your mind about God. You don't know why? Because God is real. God exists. God loves you. God can help you. That's our God. But let me tell you, when a person has a closed mind and you talk about Jesus, guess what he's going to call you? Old-fashioned. Right? They're going to mock you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to go get others, especially in the workplace, together to make a little group so they can make mockery of you and make fun of you. They do that. And what we do? Shrink our shoulders and go hide somewhere? We stand up as Christians. We live for God. We show them that God is real. So Paul presents them a lawful God. And that is a, a call to repentance. We see this in verse 30. It says, 
And but God commanded all men everywhere to repent. So God is patient and long suffering. But the question uh, of a, any wise mind should be, for how long? Unfortunately, some people spend their life thinking another way. They say like, oh, you know, I have time to get saved. Before I die, I'll set the things that way. You know what they're saying? I don't want to hear it. Just wait until I get old because when I get there, I say the same thing. No, no. It's a call, God calls. It's not a, like an option. God says, listen, I, I'm calling you to repent of your sin. Open your mind so I can change your mind. Folks, it's not about being good and religious. It's not about having it. Uh, it's about having a changed mind about Jesus. I say to people all the time, who's Jesus to you? That's a good question to start a conversation. Don't you know that? You want to open somebody's mind? They don't know about well, you religious. I look, listen, you cannot get into doctrine with people that don't know the Lord because they don't know any. So what you do? Give them the gospel. And if they try to, I, you say, you know, here's what I say. I get back to you on this one. And you keep going with you. I get back to you on this one. Keep them in the gospel. The one thing that I ask is, who is Jesus to you? You're going to see now where that person is. Because they say to you, well, I believe in Jesus. Okay. The Bible says the devil also believed and trembled. But we say, you know what? Let's see how open their mind is about God, about the things of God. You see, get this. Ever since the first sin, man has followed Adam's example of blaming his sin on others. Rationalize in a way that, and finding some kinds of uh, man-made uh, fig leaves to cover them up. So sin is not judged by the way we see it, but by the way God sees it. You follow that? Let me repeat that. Sin is not judged by the way we see it, but by the way God sees it. Why? Because we justify it. Sin should never be by the way we see it because we justify it. Oh, it's not that bad. All right. Homosexuality. When it first came out, people were just like angry about it. Then what happened? As long as it's not in my street. Do you remember that? Then what happened? As long as it's not in front of my house. Then what happened? As long as it's not in my house. What happened now? It's in your house. What happened? Justifying and own. You know what God says? Yeah. It's wrong. Amen. You follow? That's what God says. God didn't change his mind. God's sin is wrong. So sin is not judged by the way we see it, but by the way God sees it. Sin is not on, on the judgment. Sinners are. God is not, is not, I'm sorry, God is not speaking to sin, but to the sinner. The problem is not in the, in the deed of sin, it's in the sinner. Sin is going, is going to change, isn't going to change, but as we as sinners, we must change. See, if anything is going to change, as anybody's going to change their mind towards sin, is the sinner. Because the sin is all around us. But it's the sinner that needs to change his mind or her mind towards sin. Okay. What about if I don't change? What about if I don't want to change my mind about God? Well, then you will reap the consequences of your decisions. The Bible is clear on this. All of those who reject God will end up in a lake of fire for all eternity. Look, let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. We're almost, we're almost done. Revelation 21, 8. Look what it says there in the book of Revelation. If we decide to close our mind towards God and offer the half of salvation... And so we can be with him. If we decide, I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't care about God. I don't want to keep my own ways. Look what the Bible says. But the fearful, unbelieving, and the uh, abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters. And says, well, I don't do those things. Look what it says next. And all liars shall have their part in the lake of which burneth with fine brimstone, which is the second death. So... It's not a person on the earth that can say, I never lied. 
God said, all of them are going there. So I do hope that really deep in our own minds, we understand that who we are. We are sinners. That would be a challenge to revolutionize. So too often men, men change their actions when they get caught in a sin. But unfortunately, we, he really never changes his mind about sin. Okay, talk about our politics or some important people. They're doing what they're doing until they get caught. When they get caught, oh, you know, they all repent. Why? Because then they got caught. But they didn't change their mind about sin. They didn't rent to God. They tried to justify it in the public eye. You follow that? For sure, it is our actions that remind us that there is a problem with sin that we need to stop. But notice of God's instructions about repentance go beyond the actions. God created us with a free will to choose and to make our decisions, but don't be unwise with your decisions. Some people say that they are too busy for God, church, Bible, anything else, that they do not, uh, and the reason why they don't go to church, yes, it is true that you may be busy, but to exclude God out of your life is just a colossal mistake. Listen to the words of God concerning uh, your refusal to change your mind uh, about God himself. Listen to what it says in Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 30. Therefore will I judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. He said, well, is that to the house of Israel? It's to all of us. Okay. Some people refuse to leave their sin, and they like their sin, so they don't want to leave there. So they keep going on. And God says, I want to change your mind about it. They don't want it. They want to do what they want to do. They don't want God included in their lives. So, why attendance in churches today is so low, or getting lower and lower? Why people don't want nothing to do with God? Why people aren't so unbiblical these days? You know why? Because they have nothing to do with God. They don't want God. I think we have too much internet, to be honest with you. You say, Pastor, are you against internet? No, I'm not. I think we have too much internet. We have too much entertainment, entertaining our brains that we cannot think straight. So we get all these philosophies, all these things. And we don't understand. I was talking with a man the other day. And he's trying to explore these things. All these. And I look at him. I'm listening. I listened to this man for about 45 minutes. I didn't say a word. I'm just listening and listening and listening. And finally he says to me, you going to say something? I said, do you want me to say something? And he said, yeah. I've been talking for 45 minutes. I said, good. Are you done? He goes, yeah. You want me to say something? Yeah. So grab your Bible and study your Bible. And forget about this nonsense that you are listening and watching somewhere. Because now you're going to see that you open your minds to things that does, doesn't build you up. As by the way, when's the last time you went to church? Oh, well, it's been some time. Well, God says in your word to go to church. Why don't you go to church? We need to, I think we have sometimes too much internet. Internet is a good tool. Don't get me wrong. I use it every day. But be wise in what you watch and be wise in what you research and be wise because it's all kinds of stuff there. If you open your mind to it, it's going to contaminate your mind. So, I close with this. There are people with closed minds. There are people with open minds. Then from an open mind, you can have a changed mind. All right? So, and if you find somebody with a closed mind, don't give up on them because tomorrow you might have an open mind. When that person has an open mind, opportunity to give them the gospel and talk about God so they can change their mind about God and have a changed mind like yours. Follow that? A changed mind is a mind that was sinful and worldly and changed towards God and received Jesus as Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for these messages, Lord. And even though I'm preaching it, Lord, I'm learning myself. How good to have. I was one of them. I had a closed mind for many years. Uh, I was steep in the religion that I was born into. And Lord, but one day I opened my mind and you used this young man to plant a seed in my heart. And Lord, you plant the seed, but you use him 
as the one who brought the seed to me, germinated in my heart, and I open my heart and my mind to you and accept you as my Savior. And Lord, it's the testimony of every believer here and those online as well. But help us, Lord, to have a mind today, open mind towards godly things, things that is constructive, things that would build us up, things that would be a blessing in our life as we live in this world and we press on towards the finish line. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. We're going to have a song tonight of invitation. Same song from this morning, Jesus Paid It All. Jesus Paid It All in this page 131. 131. Jesus Paid It All. I have heard the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me my all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He won. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the blessing of meeting in your house. Thank you, Lord, for this place that you've given us as we meet together here. And thank you, Lord, for the um, miracle that you've even for to make this a possibility. Thank you for every person that was here this morning and tonight, Lord. Thank you for those who are online as watching as well. And I pray, Lord, for your people tonight. May we go, Lord, may we live our lives with an open mind towards the Word of God, uh, towards your Word, Lord. May we have an open mind to trust you, to believe in your Word. But I pray for those who are unsaved, Lord, uh, primarily those online tonight, Lord, watching us. Lord, may they have an open mind, and Lord, and to a point, Lord, on which they call upon you for salvation and change their mind about their sin and their sinful condition before you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.